Hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. We're looking at chapter 10, and in particular, the, the idea of listening to God, listening to our great shepherd. Lots of you will know that I enjoy walking, and I'm walking the coastal path of Britain when I get some time. And occasionally on a walk, there is a moment where you need to decide whether to go forwards or backwards. Most of the time, I try and park my car at the end of the walk and get public transport back to the beginning, and then I am uh, walk towards my car, and that works out fine. But occasionally, public transport doesn't work out, and uh, you have to walk towards the, the train or the bus. And on a few occasions, there's a point where you're trying to work out, am I going to be better turning around and going back to the car or have I got a chance of pressing on and making it to catch the bus or the train? Sometimes you've got to get across a bay before the tide comes in. And again, you've got that same question. Do I go forward or do I go back? Most of the time, I choose to go forward. I've had a few occasions where that's led to some adventures, but most of the time, I think it's good to go forwards rather than to go back. Sometimes it's okay to go back, but the very worst thing you can do is to stand still, indecision, afraid, not wanting to go forward or backwards. That's always catastrophic because you don't go anywhere. And it seems to me that's something that's significant for a, a sheep being led by a shepherd. There is a time to go forwards. There is a time to be led backwards, to go forwards out of the pen, to come back into the pen. But whatever you do, the sheep can't stand still. I'll explain all of that a bit more in a moment. Equally in a moment, some of you will know that I love the work of William Arthur Ward. He puts uh, things very succinctly, and in a recent live stream, I used some of his work in prayers. And there's another one of his uh, poems that I want to read, but I'm going to read it at the end. I'm just going to dangle it there for you uh, to hold on to. All of this is coming out of John chapter 10, uh, where in verse 3, we've done two studies already on verse 3, and we're going to do the third one now. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's the shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice. And our first one in this series was thinking about how we listen to the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name. And that was our last study. What is the significance of being called by name, of him calling us to follow him? And that leads us to the third part of the verse that I want to look at now. And he leads them out. I want to just lead us in a little reflection on this idea of being led out. Now, if you looked at the previous studies or listened to them on your podcast, you'll be familiar with the scenario. The situation is that he's talking about sheep who overnight were brought back into the uh, courtyard or a farmyard with a high fence or wall and a gate to protect them from wild animals and robbers. And that's where they stayed, all huddled together overnight. Then early in the morning, the shepherd would come and uh, the gatekeeper would know it's the shepherd who has the best interests of the sheep at heart. He would know it's the shepherd and he would open the gate and the shepherd would lead the, the sheep out. He would lead them up into the, the green lands, the green pastures where there's good food, where there's fresh water to drink from the streams and the lakes. 
And uh, if you're familiar with Psalm 23, you know that the metaphor, he leads us beside steel waters and green pastures. So what is the significance of God wanting to lead us out of the sheep pen? See, in one sense, the sheep pen is a place of safety where the, the, the wild animals and the robbers can't get at us. Why would we want to be led out from that place? Well, it is, in one sense, a place of safety, but it's restricted. The movement is, is deeply restricted. The animals can't run. They can't exercise. They're uh, herded in like uh, battery farm animals. And therefore, actually, they are less healthy. If they were to stay in that place, their muscles would shrivel. They would... Um, deteriorate, their health would be damaged, they would uh, um, be damaged. Not only that, but life in a sheep pen with uh, herded in and all you can see is the back of the other sheep and a high wall is dull and unfulfilling. There's no, it's not real life. It feels like safety, but it isn't actually real life. It's actually shortening life. Because the food that they eat isn't as good as the grass, the water that they drink isn't as clean as the fresh waters, and the exercise that they don't get, all of that combines to life being shortened. Therefore, the shepherd doesn't leave them in this place where they feel they are safe. He takes them out into the open spaces. And perhaps they are nervous of that, but they follow their shepherd who they trust. And he leads them out to life in all its fullness. This is one of the themes of this chapter and we'll come back to that in a study or two's time. What does it mean to be led out? He's leading them out to a life of growth, of eating and growing muscles, of putting on weight, of uh, developing. He wants to lead them to not shrivel, but to expand. He wants to lead them to a life of refreshment, of beautiful grass, of beautiful water, a life that is good and better than the life they think is safe. And he wants to lead them to an eternally better life. And that's behind all this thinking in John 10. We're going to explore that in a few moments, but I want to ask some questions as we go through. And the first question is this, what might be stopping us stepping out of the safety of self-preservation to an adventurous following Jesus life? As you pause for a moment or two, wherever you are, whether you're watching this or listening to this, is there a sense in which you're standing still, opting for what you consider to be the safety of this place, but actually it's a place of decline? And the safety is all around self-preservation, whereas God wants to lead us out into a life of adventure, where we follow him, as we looked at in our last talk, where we go where he goes, where we do what he does. So, what does it mean to be led out in all its, to life in all its fullness? Let's unpack those three ideas. The first one, I'm going to go in reverse order, is the eternal better life. 
And undoubtedly, that's part of John's message, that God wants to lead us into eternal life. Jesus wants to lead us into eternal life. He is leading us onto, and the first aspect of eternal life is self-awareness. He's leading us to salvation, which begins with acknowledging and recognizing the things in our life which deny us the place in heaven we think we want. In other words, for God to lead us out into salvation, he has to lead us through confession and repentance. He has to lead us to that place where we recognize that we've fallen short of all that God intended our lives to be. That we're not as loving as he wants, that we're not as faithful as he wants, that we're not as generous as he wants, that we're not as self-controlled as he wants And that to be led to a better life has to begin with a saying, this place of standing still isn't right. So the first way in which the shepherd leads us is to a realisation that we need God and that we need his mercy and that we need his grace. And then, secondly, he leads us to the cross. The shepherd takes us through the time of of realizing our sin and our shortcomings, and he leads us to to the understanding that God, Jesus, has come and died in our place and that he has come to love us. He leads us to this, to the foot of the cross, to a place of wonder, to a place of thanksgiving, to a uh, a recognizing of the grace and the, the, the love of God poured out to us to, to redeem us, to forgive us. And the better life that the shepherd is wanting to move us forward into is through self-awareness and to the cross. And then beyond the cross to the assurance of salvation, to the knowledge that he has died in our place and that he has placed his Holy Spirit within us such as a seal and a mark and a guarantee of our salvation. And he wants to lead us to the place where we know that we are his children and that we know that we are his friends and that we know that we belong in his kingdom. And he wants to lead us then to this realization and expectation of heaven where there is no more sadness and as I often say, there are no more tears. There is no more death. There is no more injustice. There is no more evil. There is no more selfishness. There is no more anger. There is no more fear. There is no more bitterness. But there is this glorious place of salvation, of the fullness of all that God intended for humanity, where love abounds and peace, shalom, security is king under the lordship of Jesus. And the shepherd wants to lead us towards that destination through self-awareness, through the cross and through the assurance of salvation And as we are moving towards that destination, he wants our present fears to be changed by the knowledge of where he's taking us. And so a few questions to pause at this moment. Firstly, what repentance is God leading us into? What are we beginning to sense and feel and acknowledge and see? That God is saying, that's not how I want it to be. I need you to turn away from that. I need you to 
own up and acknowledge that. I need you to stop making excuses and I need you to come to me for forgiveness. And what aware assurance is God leading us into? What faith does we breathe in and eat the word of God? And as we understand and, and fully grasp what Jesus has done on the cross, what assurance is he saying to us? Lord, look, have peace. Be at peace. Let your guilt be free and gone. And finally, how might our future life be leading us to a different life now. As we are being led towards eternal life, how does that affect the way we live now? How does that inspire us to take steps forward rather than to stay in the sheep pen? The second element of the life of in all its fullness that he wants to lead us into is what I'm calling refreshing life. Those green pastures, those still waters. And I want to suggest three things for that metaphor, those beautiful waters, that green grass, is forgiveness that brings freedom and he wants to lead us to that. He wants to set us free from shame and low self-esteem and bitterness and regret and all the the chains that uh, guilt brings. He wants to bring us the freedom of forgiveness, the freedom of being, having a new identity in Christ. And the refreshing life is not only forgiveness, but it is a purpose that brings significance. That he wants to lead us to follow him and to know the life that he created us for, which wasn't to be enclosed in a place and confined sheep pen. He created us to love. He created us to make a difference to the people we live alongside. It often isn't dramatic, but it is always powerful and significant to be the people of love that God commands us to be. This is his commandment that we would love as he has loved us. And that brings a sense of fulfillment and purpose and achievement at the end of the day that many of us uh, don't always see, but when we do, it's so powerful. To be able to look back on the day and say, I brought peace to a person. I had a word of comfort. I listened. I was there for someone. And that is meaning and purpose far beyond all the wealth creation and all the self-centered pleasure seeking of life. To be able to say, today I did what God asked of me to make this world a better place for one person to provide that love and care. And that we can then look back upon weeks and months and years and a lifetime and say, I was an instrument of your good news. I was an instrument of your love and care. I saw strangers and I welcomed them in. I saw those who were afraid and I brought your peace. And the third part of refreshing life, it's forgiveness, it's purpose. And thirdly, it's following his commands that avoid danger. In other words, as we seek to live in obedience to the New Testament and the Bible and the, Old, and the Ten Commandments and the commands that God has given us, we, we avoid all kinds of difficult and stupid situations. That when we exercise self-control, the life goes better for us. It's refreshing. 
When we are truthful, life goes better for us. When we are generous, life goes better for us. When we forgive others, life goes better for us. When we rest and observe Sabbath, life is better for us. When we look after creation, life is better for us. When we look after the weak and the vulnerable and stand against injustice, life is better for us. So the refreshing life that the shepherd wants to lead us into is forgiveness that brings freedom, purpose that brings significance and commands that avoid danger. So some questions to reflect on in this area. What love of others is God leading us to? Which people? What actions is God saying, I want you to do this this week, this day for this person? Where is he leading us to love our neighbor? And what commands is God leading us to do more to obey? Where is he prompting us and saying, look, I need just if you do this, all will go better for you in the land. If you seek to obey my commands more. What commands, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, we say, I'm only half-heartedly keeping it, or maybe I'm not even keeping it at all. to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. The greatest commandment. Where might God be saying, I would love to lead you into more refreshing life if only you would keep my commands. And lastly, the life that he wants to lead us into is a life of growth. The sheep don't grow in the pen. They grow when they're out free. And where does God want to lead us that will bring life? Where we might grow more like Jesus. Because that's life. And how does he do that? How does a shepherd lead us to be more like him? I want to suggest four things. Firstly, that he leads us through our conscience correcting us. That we become more like Jesus as we hear the whispers and prompts of his spirit within our conscience saying, don't do that. Stop doing that. Make the effort to do this. And that's our conscience, is the shepherd leading us in life and growth to be more like Jesus. And standing still in the sheep pen is to ignore our conscience. Secondly, the shepherd leads us to be more like Jesus by placing in our lives opportunities to act like Jesus. People who come our way when we have the choice to respond as Jesus would respond with compassion or generosity or with words of truth, standing up, standing alongside, praying for, bringing healing, bringing deliverance, bringing, uh, binding up the brokenhearted. And the way God leads us is to place those opportunities in our lives and say, respond and learn to respond like me. And so part of the way the shepherd is leading us out of the safe but ultimately stifling life is for us to embrace the opportunities to love that come our way. And thirdly, what are the gifts and skills that he is developing in us that we begin to notice that by the, his Holy Spirit at work within us, we become better at some things. We become uh, able to do things uh, in a particular way that perhaps others can't. And it's his leading and he says, look, I've given you these gifts and I want to develop them in you. Will you use them for me? 
There is a parable that Jesus tells about those who were given gifts but were afraid and one buried it in the soil and it bore no uh, return. And he says, use your talents for me. And sometimes we can bury our gifts because we're afraid and because we stand still in the sheep pen. But he wants to lead us out to use our gifts, our particular shape of being, our particular place in the body. And lastly, he leads us by developing uh, us through the lessons we learn. He shapes us through our encounter with life. What is it that we've learned as we look back over life that, that God is leading us into? That William Arthur Ward quote is this. The adventure of life is to learn. The purpose of life is to grow. The nature of life is to change. The challenge of life is to overcome. The essence of life is to care. The opportunity of life is to serve. The secret of life is to dare. The spice of life is to befriend. The beauty of life is to give. Our final questions for reflection. What might be stopping us stepping out of the safe uh, place of self-preservation to an adventurous following life? What's stopping us going forward? What's causing us to stand still, paralyzed in front of the lights perhaps? And then how might our future life, the destination that he's calling us to through his salvation, how might that inspire us to live a different life now, knowing that we are on our journey to a beautiful place of eternal joy? How then might we live this life? What repentance is God leading us to? And finally, what opportunities to love like Jesus is God leading us into? What this week do we need to step out and say, I will go where you are leading me. I will be what you ask of me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you do not leave us in that sheep pen, stifled, stagnant, restricted, but you want to lead us out into life, eternal life in all its fullness, life of growth and salvation. Help us to move forward. Help us to follow where you lead, to follow the prompts of your spirit and to love like you call us to do, to love as you have loved us, to be people of love who transform and restore and redeem and bless and bring your peace. Lead us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.